Okay, good Thursday afternoon, everyone. J.V. Johnson here. We are about to embark on what I consider one of my greatest pleasures of doing what I do, and that's having great conversations with really fascinating people. Uh, as I told you earlier in the week, we had a special interview scheduled for today. One of my good friends, John Russell, who is a psychic medium. He's got a new book out. It's called 20 Ways to Increase Your Psychic Abilities. This is a, a fascinating book. And if anybody who has ever thought about Maybe I do have some sensitivities, or maybe I don't. Maybe I, I'm like me. I'm, I'm. I feel like I'm as as sensitive as a brick. Anybody who's watched any of our programs knows that I feel that way. Well, John Russell has assembled uh, a number of ways that you can actually harness what is a natural ability. I think he'll tell us to everybody. And it's a question of how hard you work at developing that, those abilities. And that's what his book is all about. Again, 20 Ways to Increase Your Psychic Abilities. Before I bring him in, first of all, let me say hello to everybody. Uh, and let me thank everybody. We have had such a tremendous response to not just the interviews that that I've been doing uh, that has been keeping the Beyond Reality radio tradition alive here. But in addition to that, the clips we've been posting of our uh, highlights of our investigations and the live investigations. And the live investigations are really the core of what we're trying to do on Paranormal Reality TV. By bringing you live investigations, uncut, unfiltered, they are presenting the most raw and most sincere, honest, and uh, true, I guess is a word I'll use, uh, paranormal investigations available on the internet, on cable TV, it doesn't matter. And a lot of people will say that, you know, I, I want to see it the way it's done and not with all the edited edited stuff and the music and the, and the well, you know, jump scares and all that stuff. And that's what we're doing. But in addition to that, not just are we presenting the live investigations, we're also letting you help guide the investigations through your chat comments during the live shows. So when we're in a room, Britt and I are in a room, for example. You get to see through the advantage of the IR, the infrared camera light, and the cameras that can pick that up, you get to see what's going on in the room. And in most cases, we are in complete darkness, and we can't see that stuff. So we have to rely on what little bit of ambient light happens to be in the room. We have to rely on our ears. We have to rely on the devices that uh, we have set around the room. And you will see things that we don't see. If an object moves, there's a good chance in that room because of the darkness that we won't see it. And you will. So you can tell us that you see it through the chat comments and say, hey, that rocking chair just moved. Go check it out. And that helps us tremendously. And it makes you an active part of the investigation, which is a lot of fun for us and hopefully for you too. I think a lot of people have told us how much they enjoy it. And then we go back, as we did this week, and we pull clips out. And we analyzed them. We had an amazing session at the Euro Shrine. It was the last investigation we've done. Uh, we've got another one coming up in a, in a week and a half. But uh, this one was in Tennessee, at Bristol, Tennessee, the Euro Shrine. We were there with the Ghost Sisters. And we were doing a bunch of different things around what is called the Dragon Table. And the responses we were getting were truly chilling. If you have not seen the clips of what was happening around the dragon table at the Euro Shrine a couple of weeks ago. Check them out on this Facebook page if you're watching on Facebook, this YouTube page if you're watching on YouTube. If you're on Twitch, you're going to have to go to one of those two places because Twitch does not allow us to uh, post produced videos. 
So we've clipped that stuff out. And when I say produce, it's just clips. And sometimes we put a little caption in just to let you know what we're hearing at the time. Uh, and that helps guide you because sometimes it's, it's difficult, particularly with a recording, to tell exactly what's being said or what we're hearing at the time. So again, these clips are going to be continually uploaded and, and uh, presented because we're not done yet. But there are some already available. Check them out because as anybody who was watching, I think it was Tuesday night stream. Was it Tuesday or Monday? What night? It was Monday night. We, we were actually analyzing some of the stuff in real time. And the people who are watching as well as Britain and I, who were doing the analyzing with the help of people watching, were getting chills down our spine from what was happening. It was amazing stuff. So check that out. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, I've, I've rambled on too long. My guest is being very, very patient, and he's such a good friend. And I'm very, very honored to have him with John Russell. Uh, what would you say, ninth time we've been together like this? This is our ninth time, JB. It's always a pleasure to be here. Always happy to talk with you. We always have a good time. We always run out of time because we have so many great things to talk about. We do, and but I yeah, this is our ninth. We do, and I and I feel like I've known you forever. I mean, that's that's how know, close we've become over the last few years. Um, and, and it's Absolutely. real. And, and I'm, I'm excited to have you on today too because you very recently released a book which may be a game changer. Uh, in in the world of uh, of I'll, I'll say paranormal, but really specifically for people who think maybe you know maybe I'd like to figure out how psychic I can be or whatever. This this is a game changer book, John. I believe that it is. I really do believe that it is. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The book's titled Twenty Ways to Increase Your Psychic Abilities," and I wrote this book for several reasons. JB, the first thing I wrote the book for over the years, my clients have asked me. How do I increase my psychic abilities? Whatever ability that I have, how do I learn about that? How do I develop that? What do I do? The second reason I wrote this book was 20 ways to increase your psychic abilities. Each chapter, there's 20 chapters, so there's one technique per chapter. Now, it could have been 50 ways to increase your psychic abilities, could have been 100 ways, but 20 is manageable and yet provides enough meat and potatoes, enough content, if you will, for people to get into this thing and pick and choose among things that they want to do. So I, I narrowed it down. I kept it at 20. Um, it covers everything from how to learn and practice psychometry, candle magic, how to attract the perfect mate, how to use the Ouija board, how to scry, how to use a crystal ball, on and on and on. There's a, a ton dream interpretation. There's a ton of really, really good, really useful techniques in this book. And the, Additional reason that I wrote the book and the way that I wrote it, uh, wrote it the way that I did is I realize there's a lot of people out there that like you say that, but do I have any psychic ability at all? I don't think I do. Or if I do have a little bit, how do I use it? What do I do with it? How do I increase it? So I wrote this book to take a person that has absolutely no um, experience whatsoever and I take you step by step, I lead you by the hand, literally, and take you step by step 
through everything and explain to you how to do it in simple, easy terms. Uh, each chapter, I define what the technique is. I'll tell you what the definition of it is, what it means. And then I tell you step-by-step step how to learn it and how to practice it and get good at it. And then the real world application of it. And the really great thing about this book, so many books on psychic development you get, they're full of rigmarole and gobbledygook and all kinds of special things you have to hunt down and rare herbs. And you got to find this implement and that implement and they cost a lot of money. And then once you do, you can only do the technique on a, on a Wednesday, of the third month at a full moon and blah, blah, blah. That's nonsense. It does not have to work that way. So when I wrote this book, I stripped away all the gobbledygook. I stripped away all the difficult things, but nearly everything in this book you can do with objects you already have in your own home. I think the, uh, the most expensive thing that you might have to buy to utilize one of the techniques in this book is to go out and buy a few lemons and a box of nails. And that's literally the most money you're going to be out. Everything else in there you can do basically, unless you want to go buy tarot cards, go buy crystal ball or this, that, and the other. But I tell you ways around that even, uh, except for the tarot cards, obviously you'd have to have the deck, but uh, you don't even have to buy a crystal ball. I can teach you how to scribe with a bowl of water. So a lot of these things, like I say, you can do them with things that you already have in your home and you don't have to know anything. I'm going to take you by the hand, lead you step by step how to do it. And you don't need to fear or be concerned. You don't need to worry about, oh my God, is this going to be dangerous? Am I going to open a portal I can't close? Am I going to get an, a demonic attachment? Am I going to do something that's out of control? No, these are techniques that the other side has taught me personally over the years. So I know they work. Okay. And it's like anything else, the amount of effort you put into it and persistence and consistency, that's what's going to get you the results. But all of these techniques are easy to learn, they're easy to develop, they're easy to utilize, and most importantly, they work if you put the time, effort, and energy into it, and it's going to help you make your life better. John, I, you know, this, this cover is amazing. I would say the only problem with it is something at the bottom there forward by some guy, who the heck is that guy? And why would you, why would you ruin your book by putting his name on the cover? <laughs> I tell you, Jamie, I was so honored that you wrote the forward for this book. It meant the world to me. It's really great. And, uh, and, and I really do appreciate it. It was just a real gift to me, a real treasure to me. I do appreciate it so much. Well, John, I was honored to be asked. And uh, we did that a while ago. And I know that you spent a lot of time because yeah. the, the book was just being basically, I think you were three chapters in when you asked. And uh, yeah. I, was, I was honored to do it. And I was happy to do it. And I know this was a real labor of love for you because I know that above anything else, I mean, obviously you do readings for people. That's part of, uh, you know, how you make your living. Yeah. And yet at the yeah. same time, you want to share the gift and you want other people to know, you know, you don't necessarily need me. You can actually do right. some of this stuff right. on your own, which is, which is a real, um, you know, it's a blessing and it is a, it's very generous on your part. In fact. Well, I appreciate it, but you know, it's, it's something that I wanted to give to people you know, I see so much stuff out there and it's so hard to learn. It's so full of dogma, ritual, tradition, gobbledygook, or it just doesn't work. And, you know, these things, the, the th techniques and tools I present in this book to you, they work. And I just wanted, I wanted people to have something that they could lay their hands on and make their lives better with. And you say, well, how does it improve my life? How's it going to change my life? Well, the chapter on dream interpretation alone 
I think is going to be super beneficial to a lot of people because we all dream, even people that say that they don't dream, there have been research studies that say, yes, you do. You just don't remember it. So the chapter on dream interpretation tells you exactly how to begin to interpret your dreams, what to learn from those dreams. And you say, well, what can come to us in a dream that will be beneficial? Well, I recount in the book, there was a friend of mine and he worked for the National Security Agency and he was a code breaker. So he told me, he said, John, he said, one time we got this code and we had all of our computers on it and all of our people on it and we couldn't dent this thing. We couldn't make a crack in this thing. And he said, I worked on it until I became obsessed with it and I became exhausted. And he said, I went home one day and I had on my dress shoes and my suit and my tie. And he said, I walked to the end of my bed, the foot of my bed. I put my legs up against the bed, turned around and fell backward into the bed in my suit, my time shoes. That's how exhausted I was. And he said, I immediately went to sleep. And he said, as soon as I went to sleep, I began to dream and it was a lucid dream. I knew I was dreaming. And he said, here come the characters in this code. And he said, like the ticker tape and Times square that you watch, he said, here come the characters in that code on that. And he said, in my dream, I thought, my God, I've gone nuts. I can't even get away from this thing in my dream. I, I, I can't escape this. What the hell? And he said, then another ticker tape appeared below it. And characters in English began to run across that matched the characters in the code. And he said, I woke up, grabbed a pencil and paper I had by the bed and started writing that down, rushed back into the office. And sure enough, that was it. It broke the code. So those are the kinds of things that we can receive in our dreams. And we can receive all types of help, all types of guidance, uh, learn to improve our lives in a lot of ways. So that's what I want people to get out of this book is, hey, you're going to have some fun with this. You're going to learn some things that are beneficial. You're going to learn some things that help you. I've got chapters on how to construct your own amulets and talismans for protection. Uh, just just tons of wonderful things. And the, the mention of the lemons and the nails, that's a, a variation that the other side taught me on an old spell, on an old technique that I kind of updated. And uh, you can use it um, for a variety of things. And you'll find that out when you read the book. But it's it's really a lot of fun. There's really a lot of neat things in there. Well, I tell you, going back to the dream um, idea and the example that you just gave, I, you know, I've as you know, John, I've done uh, probably, uh, what are we looking at, seven years now of interviews. At one point, I was doing interviews four nights a week on, on, right, on the right. syndicated radio show. And uh, I've talked to a lot of people. And over the years, I've learned how true what you just said is in the fact that a lot of people get their inspiration or even detailed plans for an invention or whatever it happens yes. to be through a dream state. And I know personally, exactly. I know personally, uh, I've had two, well, more than two, but in, in two categories, experiences with this. I'm a songwriter. Mm -hmm. I've had songs come to me in dreams. And if, oh, if, if I'm, yeah. if I'm, what's the word quick enough, I guess to, to right. wake up and, right. and write it down or play it or whatever, or record it, I, I'll save it. But, but, but sometimes you'll lose it if you don't act quickly. Um, and I've also That's had it. jokes come to me in dreams that I've used some in some of my shows. People are familiar with the Crapco commercials that I've, I recorded over the course of the years, little funny spoof commercials. Some of that uh, came to me in dreams. So this yep, whole idea absolutely. that if you can develop and harness the ability mm -hmm. to not just uh, 
recognize what's happening in your dream, but actually be, be able to guide it in some ways. Uh, that's exactly. that's a powerful exactly. tool, John. That's a very powerful tool. It a, it's a very, very powerful tool. And, and the book is just so full of good stuff. You know, like the first two books, uh, those were, I'm the storyteller in those books. And in this book, I call it the psychic tool chest. My wife coined that. She said, this is like a psychic tool chest. You can reach in and take out whatever particular tool you need and apply it to whatever particular problem or uh, obstacle you're encountering or whatever you want to achieve. And uh, another buddy of mine that was reading the book said, man, he said, this is like a textbook. He said, it's just like you, you can really study it and get into it. And there's a, a lot of meat in it, and a lot of techniques. He said, it's not something you just read through and toss aside. He said, man, this has got like tons and tons of valuable information. And uh, this book, is, as we were talking about before we went on the air, it was so long anticipated. And when it came out, I have to break on it a little bit because this is really neat. Uh, it was an Amazon bestseller in three categories. It hit number one in Ghosts and Hauntings, number three in Supernaturalism, number seven in Occult and Paranormal. And the Amazon Hot New Releases, it was number one in Supernaturalism, number two in Occult and Paranormal, 24 in Religion and Spirituality, and uh, hit the Barnes & Noble Top 100 Best-Selling Books. And then at my publishers, it was in the top 10 bestsellers from my publisher for the month of August. So the book has done really, really well. I'm just so proud of it. It's, it's still selling well. It's only been out a couple of months, so it's still selling well. And I hope everybody listening will get their copy and will begin to put these techniques into practice to make their lives better. Well, I, I know one thing, John. I know that, again, I've talked to a lot of psychic mediums, and I have them on the program. And when uh, my, my audience in chat asks questions, often they say, how can I better access what sensitivities right. I have within me. Yep. That's a common question. Well, so a lot yeah. of people are yeah. thinking about this stuff. And, and when I uh, mentioned that we would be on talking about this book and I mentioned the name of the book, a lot of people were excited mm -hmm. about it. So you've hit a, you've hit a real hot yeah. topic here, John. And again, the, the, the idea that you're willing to share this with people is very generous of you, but people, there are a lot of people who, who, understand that things like the gut feeling you get or the or the premonition you get before somebody calls you and all of a sudden they're on the phone you know they call you after you just thought right. about those are all things that happen to all of us every day and many people Absolutely. don't many people Absolutely. don't take that as a as a psychic sensitivity or whatever it is and and you can call it whatever you want but your book yep. helps people recognize when that's happening and then also exactly. work on improving it or accessing it or refining it. Yeah. Develop it, control it and have it be something that doesn't just happen occasionally or that you occasionally just happen to tap into, but something that you can work on and practice and develop so that it becomes a consistent ability and that you can use it, uh, you know, virtually at will. John, I just uh, reading through chat here a couple things I want to I want to reference. Uh, Grammy JKL said I just ordered it. Thanks. So uh, oh, thank yeah, you. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, um, a lot of folks are excited about this, and I want to thank I want to thank Mandy, who is obviously a good friend of ours, uh, uh, leader of the Ghost Sisters. Thank you for the stars that you contributed on the Facebook page. Uh, we really really appreciate that. Scooter, hello to you, and you 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 pointed out that Paul McCartney. Uh, has said famously that the song Yesterday, which was one of the Mo Beatles' most successful songs, mm -hmm. yep. even though it was really a McCartney solo song during the Beatle era, uh, right. he, that song right. came to him in a dream. 
Uh, so there's another exactly. great example of that. Mary Grace, hello. Yeah. Uh, Heather, hey, good to see you. I'm not going to go back all the way, but I just want to say hi, folks. They're saying hello here, too. Um, John, when someone says to you, like me, I've said this over and over again, I'm as thick as a brick. Mm -hmm. I have no sensitivities. <laughs> I have nothing. You know, you you could you could right. zap a thousand right. volts for me. It's not going to make me see anything more than what I've already I'm already seeing in the room. What do you say to somebody like that? Right. You know, I say that look, a lot of us just don't know how to connect with those abilities and to train those abilities, and so it leaves us kind of kind of frustrated. You know, we, we like like you would say, man, you could zap me with a thousand volts. I wouldn't know what to do with this thing, and People, I think, need to understand that it's not that you're as thick as a brick. It's that you just don't know how to connect. It's you don't know how to, to train that ability, train that talent, train that receptivity. And that's what I do in this book. I tell you how to connect with that. I tell you how to train that. And, you know, look, people might want to sit down. I've had people tell me, man, I'm going to use every technique in this book. I'm going to use all 20 chapters. I'm going to use everything in there. And then I've had other people tell me, you know, look, there's two or three things in here that really speak to me right now that I really need. I'm going to focus on these. I'm going to concentrate on these. I'm going to use these and, and utilize this to make my life better. So, you know, look, again, we all have that inherent ability. Most of us just haven't been taught how to connect with it how to train it, how to develop it, and how to use it. And that's what I'm going to tell you how to do in this book. Simple, easy, no difficulties. Just And I start off the book, the first chapter in the book is psychometry, how to learn psychometry, which is holding an object and getting information from that object. And it's one of the simplest, believe it or not, it's one of the simplest techniques to learn. It's very easy to learn, very easy to do. I've taught a ton of people how to do this. I've taught people to do this that didn't think they had any psychic abilities or any capabilities. Usually in the first session when I'm teaching people how to do this, they're getting anywhere from 80 to 90% accuracy wow. in the things that they see in their very first session ever doing this. I had a um, friend of mine who's a scientist and a skeptic, and I sent him, we live in different states, so I emailed him a picture a photograph of an object that belongs to me that has a rich history. And I told him, I, and I explained to him, just like I explained in the book, how to do it. And I said, look, don't second guess yourself. Don't say, oh, I'm just making up stuff. Just, just relax, look at this photograph of this object and just start writing down what comes to your mind. And he did, and he sent it back to me and he was about 90% accurate in what he saw. Wow. So, you know, it can be done. You can do it. Now, look, some people are going to sit down and they're going to try any of the techniques in this book and they're going to have almost instantaneous success. Some people are going to struggle with it a little bit. It's going to take them a little while. It's just like some people go swimming. They learn to swim, but in one or two lessons, some people it takes 10 lessons to learn how to swim. So the point I make in the book also is don't get discouraged. Some people are going to naturally catch on quicker than others are. Uh, some people are just going to find a, a technique that just suits them and they're just going to be able to run with it. And other people, it's going to take them a little bit of time. So when you're sitting there learning these things, if something doesn't click in that first session, don't berate yourself. Don't say, oh, well, I hadn't got it or this isn't going to work for me. 
go back and do it again and again and again until you begin to get results. And if you're willing to do that, if you're open-minded, take the pressure off yourself, relax, just do what I tell you in the book, you're going to learn these techniques and they're going to work for you. John, I've often heard, first of all, let me say this, uh, folks are very much in tune with this type of uh, topic, this idea as we are in October, Halloween season. Don't forget Christmas gift-giving season is coming up too. You probably know people uh, in the audience here, uh, you probably know people that have talked about these things and said, you know, I feel like I, I, I could be a psychic if I just knew how a little bit, whatever, uh, this book right. would make a great gift too. So be thinking about that. John, I've often heard that, um, you know, people use the analogy. It's like trying to play a musical instrument. Some people, it comes very quickly and very naturally. Some people have to work a lot exactly. harder, harder at it, but it's really a function of how much you put into it. That'll determine how That's much it. you get out of it. The same idea here. Exactly right. Exactly right. It's just like anything else. Um, you want to take piano lessons and you want to plug music well. If you sit down and don't do your homework, you don't do your lessons, you don't practice the piano, you don't go very far. But if you sit there and you do what your music teacher assigns you and you practice on it and practice on it and you come back that week and you play it and iron out the, the problems and then you get the next lesson, you go practice it, then you make progress. And it's a step-by-step thing. You know, we all want instant success and we all want that success to be at a super high level. And that doesn't happen in anything. You know, if you have an intrinsic ability to be a world-class athlete, you don't go out with that inherent ability and with that genetic ability and just step on the track one day and set a world record. You train for years and years and years and you practice and you get a coach and the coach watches you and he tells you what to do and so on and so forth. So everything's a process. But the great thing about the techniques in this book, most of these are going to produce results for you pretty quickly. Like, for example, the psychometry. There's other things, the technique with the limit of the nails, uh, even crystal ball grazing, gazing. People usually get pretty quick results with that. So there's going to be things in this book that you're going to experience pretty quickly. That's going to bring you satisfaction, happiness, like, oh, wow, this works. I can do this. And then you then you go on from there. Let's talk about a couple of the specific things that you talk about in the book. Like one of the things that I had not had a lot of experience with, and, um, you know, I've, I've always heard about it, kind of knew what it was, but scrying, this whole idea of scrying. Right. Um, and our right. last investigation that we did, the live investigation we did at Eura Shrine, this place actually had a scrying room, which had three mirror, or a mirror, which had, you know, kind of a, I don't know what you call it. It's a three mirror setup. So you kind of see, right. you know, right. those mirrors all over the place. Um, and it was called the scrying room. And we had uh, one of our investigators, Mandy, part of the Ghost Sisters, go in and spend some time in there. What's your, how does, how does scrying work? What's supposed to happen? Cause I'm still a little bit bit unsure about all of that. Sure. Sure. Scrying is simply gazing into a reflective surface and looking for images. That's all it is. And you can use a bowl of water. You can use a crystal ball. You can use a mirror. If you get really advanced, you can use a puddle of water out in the parking lot a piece of stainless steel or whatever, but that's all it is. You're looking into a reflective surface and you're not really focusing your eyes really sharply. You're not really looking at the, uh, the object like a crystal ball and you're not looking at the surface of it. You're allowing your eyes to go into the middle 
of the crystal ball and to focus there and it's a soft focus you're not straining you're just looking in the center of that crystal ball or if you're using a bowl of water you're looking down into the, the water underneath the water and you just allow your eyes to soft focus and you relax and you look for images and there may be images of people that come to you there could be words letters numbers symbols that you can then interpret that will be meaningful to you but cut and dried that's basically what it is and it's very simple to learn very easy to do have you had success doing that oh yeah yeah all of these techniques in this book i've practiced successfully i've used successfully for decades you you already mentioned this but i want to ask it point blank so you can answer it directly is there any danger sure. of any type of malicious entity energy uh you know, anything counterproductive that can come from any of this, particularly with somebody who's new to all of it, trying some of these techniques? No, there's not. And people have to understand, if you go into something, anything, with the mindset that it's dangerous or you may encounter something malevolent or it's going to cause you a problem, you've already subconsciously talked yourself into a problem where none exist. And... So people have to understand that. People have to understand that there's nothing intrinsically dangerous here. I know there's people that are going to argue with me about that, particularly about the Ouija board, because I include a chapter on how to use the Ouija board. And what people have to understand is most times when people have a quote-unquote bad experience with some paranormal tool or technique, it's because they've convinced themselves that they're going to or they misinterpret something that happens and they misunderstand something that happens and then they think oh it's malevolent or it's evil or i've instigated something here that i can't control or whatever it's like i've, I've talked with people and they um on an interview last night i was talking with um with cat hobson fake magazine radio and she was saying uh, we were discussing the book and she was saying you know look if you go out with a ouija board and go out and sit in the cemetery and go is anything here yeah, there's tons of things there. <laughs> there's there's elementals. There's uh, maybe ghosts of deceased people there. There may be guardian angels there. There may be spirit gods there. There may be spirits that we don't even know who they are and how to classify. So unless you're prepared to receive a communication, any communication, uh, you have to kind of limit that, you know, going in. But there's nothing there to be fearful of. I always tell people, say, look, there are neighborhoods in the paranormal, just like there's neighborhoods here in our physical plane. And if you um, enjoy chamber music, you dress up in your tux and you go to chamber music and there's a fine wine and there's just beautiful chamber music and then people are sitting around talking quietly afterwards and saying, oh, how beautiful that was and so on and so forth you're probably not going to be real comfortable if I grab you and take you to a biker bar, <laughs> you know, because the atmosphere there is entirely different. It's loud. People are dressed differently. There's people that may to you look frightening and they're not, you know, it's, it's not an unsafe environment, but if you're raised to think that way, then you're going to be uncomfortable there and you're going to interpret it as an unsafe environment. I remember I had a, uh, when I did a, uh, an art show here in Florida, there were some buddies of mine that showed up and it was cold. So they had on their, their leathers and uh, uh, they had on some face masks to protect them from the cold when they came in. So 
one of the ladies, there was this little old lady there, and they left out to go ride after they complimented me on the show. And this lady said, wow, those guys look like they were looking for trouble. And I was like, oh my God, if you only knew these people, they're two of the <laughs> least, you know, uh, the hardcore people, the troublesome people or, or violent people on the entire planet. And then uh, I remember I, I showed up, you know, in my, in my leather jacket and my sunglasses one day to stop off at the pharmacy to pick something up. I, I had just gotten off the bike and walked in the store and there was this lady in front of me and I was standing there behind her. She looked around and jumped and went, oh, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> she was scared of that. I was like, no, you're here. You go ahead. You know, but that's the presumption people get. So it's the same thing when you have this contact with the other side. If somebody like me from the other side shows up, it's going to be like, ah, oh my God, oh my God, you know. So you have to understand that and you have to apply that same analogy, that same common sense to communicating, connecting with the other side as you do any neighborhood here. And uh, the analogy that I've been giving people, the example I've been giving people a lot lately is, look, every now and then, you need somebody from that rough side to come help you out. You know, you might need a little of that street justice, or you might need a spirit that's kind of rough and tumbled and not afraid to to mix things up on your behalf to do something for you. But no, there's there's nothing, no inherent danger there. And I tell people in the book, if anything upsets you, scares you, don't do it. If you're scared of tarot cards, don't buy a tarot card deck and use them. If you're scared of pendulums or dowsing rods or whatever, don't use those. But people need to understand one thing. And uh, I've had this argument over and over and over, and I've tried to get people to understand, like using the Ouija board. People will use tarot cards or dowsing rods or a crystal ball or a pendulum with no thought. But a Ouija board, oh my God, oh my God. Now, you're using the exact same motive power. You're using the same spiritual power to connect. Whether you're using a Ouija board, whether you're going into a direct communication with spirit, whether you're using dowsing rods, pendulum, uh, crystal ball, tarot cards, whatever, it's the exact same means of communication with the other side, just a different tool or technique. So everybody get rid of the Ouija board scare and uh, read that chapter in the book, and I think you'll I think you'll put your mind at ease. John, you betrayed my uh, secret, which is the reason I bought a Harley is so that people would get out of my way at checkout lines. <laughs> That's people would, why people would think you're fearsome. Yes, yeah. uh, I should mention that John uh, is. It, was it your first book, Riding with Ghosts, Spirits? Um, let's see, Riding with Ghosts, Angels, and the Spirits of the Dead. Was that your first book? That was my first book. Yeah, that, that centers mostly on the motorcycle rides. And uh, then the second book, A Knock in the Attic, and that's more my biography, but full of more paranormal stories. And it takes me up through my, my entire life, basically. And uh, then, of course, this book, 20 Ways to Increase Your Psychic Abilities. I've also got a fourth book in the bank. It's ready to publish, come out in early 2024. It's called The Crying Tree and the Magic Rock. And that goes back to storytelling uh, with more true paranormal experiences. And then I'm writing on my fifth book which will come out either late in 2024, early 2025. And that's the Cansack ghost. And there's more true paranormal stories in there. And uh, we can talk about some of those stories from the uh, the fourth book that's coming out, if you'd like to. There's some things in there that I've never written about, never discussed before. And then in 2025, you're going to sleep a little, catch up on some sleep, because you don't see, you're not going to be sleeping with all this work you've got to do. 
<laughs> no, I've got more books on the pipeline. <laughs> oh, man. Be more <laughs> man, we're talking with uh, psychic medium John Russell today. His uh, website is very simple, johnrussell.net. You can find that there. But you also have websites for each of the books. Those websites are just the title of the books, right? So 20 Ways to Increase Your Psychic Abilities right. dot, dot net or dot com. What do you? What is it? Well, now I've, now I've simplified this. I've created an author's website, finally. The old lady looked at me the other day, and she said, no, idiot, you mean you've never had a dedicated author's website? And I was like, no. <laughs> but anyways, you can go now. You can go to johnrussellauthor.com, johnrussellauthor.com, and it has information on all the books, and then it has a link to click on that will take you to each book's page, and you can see all the endorsements, the reviews, the awards each book has won, and then you scroll down and there's links to buy it at your favorite online bookseller. So you can get it at Amazon, Books A Million, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart, uh, Apple Books, on and on and on. And for convenience for the folks uh, watching the interview here uh, and participating in the program, I've put the links in the chat as well. Uh, John, we've got a couple of questions I want to get to that are, have flowed through the chat room. I've missed a few because it moves a little too quickly for me at times. Um, sure. But I want to get to those. And then I want to go into some of the stories. You mentioned to me you had a bunch of uh, stories you wanted to share. So we'll get into some of those. Yeah, one of the questions in chat from uh, Cop350 is uh, – I'm curious about John's thoughts on Christianity. This is always a bit of a sensitive topic. You know, we, we kind of wade through this. So oh, sure. answer it how you feel uh, most comfortable answering it. But what are your thoughts, particularly as Christian Christian ideas intersect with uh, some of these other ideas that we're talking about today? Yeah. You know, there's always that big dichotomy there between Christianity, quote unquote, and the paranormal. And what a lot of people don't know, I'm an ordained minister, not the degree mill kind, but the real kind. I'm an ordained minister, and I was actually associate pastor of a small church for a short period of time. And I know that Bible inside and out, <laughs> backward and forward, better than the people that would quote it to me. I'll just tell people, we don't have time to really go into it at length here, but I'll tell people there's a lot of things in the Bible that are misinterpreted into the English taken out of context. Um, you know, and there's a lot of paranormal in the Bible. You've got talking animals and you have floating ax heads that come up from beneath the surface of the water at the prophet's command. And uh, you, you have all of these paranormal events in the Bible. And I'll just say this about, you know, like I say, it's way too long to go into, but uh, the Bible sanctions its own paranormal events and condemns anything outside of that, just like all other religions do. So, and there's, uh, for people that want to know more about that, more about my discussion of uh, religion and the paranormal and how all that fits together, get my second book, A Knock in the Attic. And I go into that at length there because I was raised in a Christian home. Uh, we, uh, you know, accepted Jesus as our savior. We had the obligatory pictures of Jesus everywhere. We read the Bible all the time, studied Bible. My mother was a Sunday school teacher in the Presbyterian church. Uh, you know, we said prayers before every meal. We celebrated Christmas in a Christian way and Easter and all that. And we had our seances and had our paranormal experiences and and so on and so forth. And there was there was no conflict there. Uh, Cop says, thank you for that, uh, John. Also, uh, yeah, so Mary in one of our chats wants to know, and, and I've asked this question before of John probably a couple times, so I know the answer, but there's a lot of new folks joining us that haven't had the uh, pleasure of hearing John talk about this stuff. But Mary wants to know, John, how long you've been doing this. You're writing books about it. You're helping other people do it. How long have you personally been 
um, aware of your abilities and using them uh, in various capacities? I had my first paranormal experience at age five. I became aware that I was psychic at age six. I began to study everything on the planet at age 11, conduct uh, paranormal investigations at age 11, started reading for friends and family at the age of 15, uh, started reading professionally at the age of 18, but beginning to study and put these things into practice. And uh, I'm 69 now, so I've been doing this professionally for over 50 years. And it gets more, 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 and more rewarding for you as time goes on. I, I can tell by the way you talk yeah. about it. Yeah, absolutely, it does. It just gets better and better and better. I help more and more people. The, the feedback I get from my clients is amazing. Uh, the feedback I get from people that read my books is it's so rewarding, and it just it thrills me. It just I love what I do. I love helping people, and I love uh, demystifying the paranormal and getting people to understand how it really is, what it really is, and how they can connect with it in their lives to make their lives better. We're going to talk uh, about a couple of uh, experiences and stories that you want to share, John. But before they do, do that, I just want to throw the cover of the new book up again and remind folks 20 ways to increase your psychic abilities. If you've ever had the inclination that you wanted to explore more of your spiritual side, more of maybe your psychic side, the intuition that uh, many of us seem to have that we don't know how to label or handle sometimes. John's book, 20 Ways to Increase Your Psychic Abilities, is available now. I've put the link in the chat. So if you're if you're watching, you can look right in chat and click on it. You can find it. It makes a great read during the Halloween season. It also makes a great gift as we approach the holiday season coming up, Christmas and other holidays, uh, and it makes a great read anytime. So again, 20 ways to increase your psychic abilities, and it's available on Amazon. Uh, I think, John, you said Barnes and Noble um, and others, other places. Yeah. Apple Books, every, everywhere. You can find it everywhere online. Yeah. So when we were warming up, getting ready to go live here, you 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 beamed, you know, kind of came alive. You said, "I've got some stories to tell you, JV. What what what's what's what is what do we have to talk about here, John? Because you always have great stories." I tell you, I'm I'm going to tell you some stories from the uh, the new book that's finished, that's coming out early next year, "The Crying Tree and the Magic Rock," and I write about some things in there going back to my childhood that I've never told before. And one of them is an amazing story that to this day, I don't know what the heck it was. I was a paper boy. And for those that get their news online now and may still subscribe to the newspaper, uh, they have no clue how newspapers used to be delivered. And when I was young, I, I was um, in, uh, gosh, I think I was still in elementary school for most of it. I was a paper boy. And that meant that our local newspaper, which was the Standard Times, they had a morning and an evening edition. You could choose to have a morning, evening route, or both. And sometimes I had both. But um, I had a morning route at the time. And that meant that the newspaper company had uh, drivers with a van that carried stacks of newspapers bundled up and dropped them on your sidewalk at 3 in the morning or 3.30 in the morning. Yeah. And I would get up at 3.30 in the morning, stagger out in the darkness, bring in the bundle of newspapers, cut them, roll them, rubber band them, and then put them in a bag that I wore over my, my uh, neck, had a pouch in the front and a pouch in the back, and that's how you threw the papers. And as you'd throw the papers, the pouch would get heavier in the back and choke you, and you'd have to switch <laughs> it around. So 
finally we figured out I can just tie this thing to the handlebars of my bicycle and keep from getting choked. So uh, this this one morning I headed out and it's it's pitch black and of course we have street lights in the neighborhood. I had good night vision, but of course it's pitch black, you know. It's like by the time I, I wrap the papers, roll them up, rubber band them, get them loaded up and get on the bicycle, it's like, you know, 4, 4.30 at the latest, so it's still still dark outside. So this morning, I'm pedaling along, and the, the instant I start pedaling on my route, it's like the atmosphere is almost thick. It's almost liquid. It's almost like pedaling through syrup or something and it's it's kind of vibrating it's like the strangest feeling and i'm like well what is this this is really really bizarre and i turned the corner to head down this this one street to run that section of my route and i noticed that nearly every single street light is out which leaves the neighborhood in total darkness now i have to back up and amend this by saying that I know this neighborhood like the back of my hand. I know everybody in it. I know all of my customers. Nobody has any big, large dogs. But as I turn the corner and the street lights are out, there comes this ungodly, loud howl that's not like any dog on this planet. I knew it wasn't a dog. Our neighbors didn't have dogs. And it just sent chills up my spine. I'm like, what in God's name is this? So I'm pedaling along in the darkness and the howling gets closer and it gets louder. And then all of a sudden in a split second, it's two blocks away. And then it's behind me a few blocks and then it's in front of me by a block. And I'm like, oh my God, what have I got myself into today? What is going on? So I'm, I'm diligent. I'm throwing my paper out, man. I got to get the papers out to these people. And I turned the corner to go up to this one block. It's on the opposite end of the block where we lived, where I started my route. And there was a couple of kids there my age, and they'd spent the night out, brother and sister. They'd spent the night out in the front yard on blankets. So as I'm throwing the route, they yell at me, John, John, come here, come here, come here. And I, I pedal up there on my bicycle. And they go, have you been hearing this howling? And I said, yeah. And they said, we've been hearing it. All, it started just a little while ago, and we've been hearing it. And what is it? And we're like trying to figure out what it is. And we hear it way down the block. And then all of a sudden we hear it closer. And then all of a sudden there's alleys that run between the houses. And in that alleyway, it's right there. And we're like, oh my God, what do we do? And I told him, I said, is your house open? I said, we're going to have to run and hide in your house. If this thing comes for us, whatever the hell it is. And so this idiot friend of mine goes out in the street, picks up a rock that was laying there, chunks it at the alley in the dark, goes, get out of here, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, he's going to aggravate this thing, whatever it is, get us killed. So nothing happens and it gets quiet. And we're sitting there talking a little bit more. And I said, well, man, I've, I've got to throw these papers. I got to go run my paper route. So I leave off, pedal off into the darkness during my paper route. And my friend here, quote unquote friend goes, whatever it is, I hope it gets you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Jesus, God. So uh, I'm like twice on edge now, right? Pedaling off in the darkness. So as I'm pedaling along, this howling continues and it's like ultra loud, like super loud. And it's like one block over and then it's a block over the other way. And then it's like two or three blocks behind me. And then it's like two or three blocks in front of me. And I'm like, oh my God, well, I'm throwing my route. I get down towards the end of my route 
and I have to ride by the back end of the cemetery in town to get to my last customer. <laughs> of course you do. And Miss Howling <laughs> is following me. And JB, I am whistling as I go by the cemetery because I know whatever it is has followed me there and that's going to be the coup de grace. It's going to run out of there and get me. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I'm literally whistling, going pedaling by the cemetery. And I throw the last paper and I turn around to go home. I've got, oh God, I've got to ride this gauntlet now to get home. And the howling stopped. Never heard it again. And the next morning I got up to throw the paper out. The air was normal. The atmosphere was normal again. And all the street lights were back on. And so was it Bigfoot? Was it Dogman? Was it some kind of demented ghost? Was it, I don't know. And to this day, I don't know. John, but remind us, what part, of, what part of the country were you in at this point in your life? Uh, that was in West Texas. In where Texas. I grew up. Yeah. 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 Well, Texas has a lot of Dogman sightings. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as you as you look at back at this event and in retrospect, do you think the fact that you were hearing it to the right, to the left, behind you, it meant that there was multiple beings, energy, whatever it was, or was one just shifting all over the place? What do you think? I got the impression that it was just that one being that was just able to shift that way to do that, which was which was really crazy and, and really really bizarre. And uh, then I'll tell you another experience from my childhood there in, in West Texas. I have, one more, I have one more question about that story go you ahead, just told, ahead. though. Yeah. Aren't, isn't go it ahead. taboo to whistle as you go past a cemetery? Isn't that something you're never supposed to do? <laughs> I think I remember yeah, my mother telling me that. I, th I thought you were supposed to. I didn't oh, maybe know. you're supposed I, to? At that, point, <laughs> at that point, I was grabbing at any straw I had. To I got you. From getting me whatever it was. I got you. Okay, fair enough. Oh, my God. But... Uh, Another really good story from my childhood was uh, our home didn't have central heat or air. We didn't have air conditioning. We had a swamp cooler, an evaporative cooler. And uh, during the, the season before it got too hot there in West Texas, uh, we would, uh, of course, have the windows open because that's how you draw the air out through the, through the rooms and uh, the air has to escape from the evaporative cooler. And some nights uh, it was cool enough, we'd just leave the, the windows open and turn the evaporative cooler off and just listen to the sounds of nature. And my mother and I would talk about things. Sometimes we'd listen to music. Sometimes we'd talk about things. And sometimes we'd just sit there in the quiet and listen to nature as, as darkness fell. And we were sitting there one night and we were just talking quietly and we had the window open. It was dark. And we started hearing this rise and fall of this Mexican music coming through the open window. And we looked at each other and we were like, what in the world is that? So we listened and we listened, we couldn't make sense out of it. And then finally, it dawned on us, there was a Mexican nightclub down several blocks down, several streets down. And when the wind was just right, and it was Cinco de Mayo, so they were playing this, this you know, the Mexican music for Cinco de Mayo. <coughs> Excuse me. And when the, the, when the breeze, there was a gentle breeze, and when the gentle breeze was just right, it would blow that music to us. And we would hear that music from the nightclub. And we finally figured out what it was. And we were like, oh, how cool is that? So we sit there and we listen to that, that music. So as I got older, I had a friend who was Mexican. He was my best friend growing up. And uh, I was telling him about the uh, uh, sitting in the living room uh, when, when I was younger and us hearing the music coming from the Mexican nightclub. And he got this really funny look on his face. 
And I said, what? And he said, uh, and I cannot remember, uh, there was some relative of his that was there. I don't remember if it was his mother or an, an aunt or if they were both there or whatever. But anyways, there were relatives there at the nightclub on a Cinco de Mayo. And he said, my folks saw this. My relatives told me this. He said, this ultra handsome man comes into the club. Nobody had ever seen before. And this guy is dressed to the nines and just super good looking. And all the women are like, oh, wow. Even the married women are like, look at this guy. Holy cow, look at this. And he said, this guy is just super suave and just super everything. Just, you know, and they said the only weird thing about the guy was his pants were way too long and they drug the floor and hit his shoes. And they said, you know, he was so impeccably dressed that how could you have pants that were tailored that poorly? Be this handsome, be this suave, be this self-assured. And you got these crappy pants and nobody could figure that out. So as the night wore on, the music is playing. He's dancing with all the women in the club and all the women are just falling all over him. And he finished this one dance and he went and sat down at a table and he was laughing and drinking with this woman. And he crossed his leg too hard and his pants leg flew up and revealed his hoof. Oh. And the people looked at that and saw that and began to scream and begin to curse and begin to overturn tables and run. And he looked down and realized what had happened. And he pulled his pants up to run, revealing both hooves. Oh. And, and ran out of the door into the night and vanished. And I told my friend, I said, my God, we have got to go to that club and investigate this club. We have got to go there. And he's like, nope, 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 nope. He said, I'm not going there. None of my relatives ever went back to that club. They danced with the devil and <laughs> they're, they're not going back. <laughs> I, I, I've got to tell you, uh, you always tell great stories, but that one sent a particularly hard shiver down my spine, John. That's a hoot, man. That's a hoot. And and the thing about it, my friend, he was not one to tell stories or believe myths or anything like that. And I knew his family. He was my best friend growing up, and I knew his family really well. And they were not people to be susceptible, susceptible to myths or to misconstruing something or whatever this and the other. And everyone in the nightclub saw the hooves. Everybody there saw the hooves. And uh, so it was, that was a really, oh, and, and an interesting aside to that, right before he had sat down and crossed his leg too hard and his pants leg flew up and revealed his hooves, uh, they began to notice this smell in the club, like a, like a rotting garbage smell or a sulfur smell. And uh, so I, I thought that was one of the more interesting stories. And man, I just craved to go investigate that club. I wanted to, I wanted to see this dude, you know, and uh, my friend would never take me. Well, I, I gotta, I gotta side with your friend on that one. I I'm a pretty uh, brave guy. And especially when it comes to this paranormal stuff, that's not a, ho a hooved man is not, uh, or whatever he was, is not somebody I want to run into in a nightclub or any other setting. Oh my God. Wow. That's not on your list of things. No, right. John, it is not. It's one. It's on my list of things yeah. to avoid. Don't run into any hoove, hooved, hooved man <laughs> figures, please. I don't want to see them. Wow. Uh, so those are those two stories. They're they're in the upcoming book, the new one that you're that you're they're in the upcoming book. Yeah. yeah they're in the upcoming All right. Well, book. we don't want to get too yeah. far ahead of our. We don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here. Uh, we're we're almost out of right. time. I have another chat question wow. that I want to ask you, 
um, before sure. we, we end today. Uh, Doug wants to know, he says his Scottish grandmother believed in omens, good and bad. What do you think about omens? Oh, absolutely. And I have a, uh, some instruction about how to receive omens and how to interpret them in the book. That's in there. And uh, we can not only receive omens, good and bad, but we can ask for omens. We can ask for guidance, and I, I explain in detail how to do that in the book as well, in the in the 20 ways to increase your psychic abilities. So that's in there. You'll learn how to do that as well. And that's John's most recently released book. It's called 20 Ways to Increase Your Psychic Abilities, Why He Let Some Guy Named JV Write a Forward. I'll never know, uh, but this book is available now. We've put links in our chats, but you can find it on Amazon Books a Million, Barnes and Noble, and I know you mentioned some other spots, John. Uh, I'll let you do that again in just a second. But this makes a great read for anybody who has considered either wanting to refine some of their abilities when it comes to spiritualism or psychic abilities, or anybody who even thinks, I don't have any, how can I How can I develop them? How can I create them? How can I make it happen for myself? It makes a great read during the holiday, uh, Halloween season, and it makes a great gift during the holiday season, which is upcoming too. So I said Amazon, I said Books Million, I said Barnes and Nobles. Is there any other place that we should mention? Apple, Apple Books. Apple Books. Uh, Walmart. Um, let's see, besides Walmart, there's a lot of independent stores, like some of the bookstores in Oregon and things online uh, that carry it. So it's available all over. And all the major booksellers. All the major booksellers. And John is not only an author writing these great books, but he's also a psychic medium who does readings. I know your schedule sure. fills up fast, John, but if someone was interested in uh, getting a reading from you, what's the best way to do that? They can go to johnrussell.net, and there's a, a link there to schedule your reading. I'm usually booked anywhere from three to six months out, so there will be a little wait. Yeah, so be prepared for that, John's in demand. And we appreciate you taking time out to sit with us, John. Uh, you know, you don't have a lot of free hours during the day between writing and reading, uh, you know, reading for people. Those hours are pretty precious. So thanks, thanks for giving us one today. You're more than welcome. You're my good friend. I always enjoy it. We always have a good time, and we'll do it again. Yes, we will. We'll make it number 10 really, really soon, John. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, and thank you. Again, johnrussell.net if you're interested in a reading. Um, also, uh, the book, I'm going to throw the cover back up here again one more time so you recognize it, John Russell's 20 Ways to Increase Your Psychic Abilities. It's a great book. I had the uh, had the honor of writing the foreword for it, and um, I, I couldn't be happier that I was asked to do that for John. Uh, thanks to everybody who joined us today. It's Thursday. I know people are thinking weekend. I, there's probably some Halloween parties coming up this weekend. People working on that too. Um, a quick reminder, we've got some live, oh, a live investigation. It'll be two nights coming up, not this coming weekend, but the next weekend. We will be uh, converging in Missouri. I know, the middle of the country, basically. Britt flying in from L.A., me driving in from New York with all the equipment. We'll be meeting the Ghost Sisters there. I'm not going to tell you, even though I know Mandy said it in her stream, I'm not going to tell you what the location is yet. We'll talk about that next week. But we will be spending two nights live investigation on uh, all of our channels, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and you can catch those uh, live. Uh, usually we start about 9 p.m. Eastern 
Missouri Central Time. So it'll be 8 p.m. Central. I think. We'll, we'll let you know. We'll, we'll, we'll ver verify those details. But either way, that's coming up, uh, not this coming weekend, but the following weekend. And we're really, really looking forward to get, getting back out on the road and getting another investigation under our belt. The last two we did were phenomenal. And again, I mentioned that we've got clips up of some of the high points, most interesting points of those investigations. And there's more of those on the way. So if you're interested in seeing some of the things that we caught while we did our paranormal investigation at Eura Shrine and Brownella Cottage, check out some of those clips on Facebook and YouTube. You can find them pretty easily. So with that, that's going to do it for today. Again, thank you to my good friend, John Russell. Remember his book, 20 Ways to Increase Your Psychic Abilities, makes a great gift, makes a great purchase for yourself, and uh, I recommend it highly. Other than that, I will uh, talk to you within the next couple of nights. Britt and I will get back on and we'll go over some more evidence. Thanks for being here, everybody. We'll see you soon.